Hey guys, welcome to the Paddler's Playbook. Welcome ladies and gentlemen of podcast land. Thermal convection, man. These dudes almost killed me. You know, redfish are really dumb. How do you take your marsh dump? This fool used all my toilet paper. Bro, Well now that Drew's done dragging this on. TPP. You gonna get a dozen shrimp? Hey, you throwing that cast net again this weekend? Over oh, Lord, I almost died. I do not want to paddle that far. Once again, he almost died. I'm not waking up at the butt crack of dawn. I'll see you at the launch around noon. I love wake baits. Haven't you ever heard them chatter? Let me double back here first. And now, a word from Saltside Jet. Land. I'm your host, Drew Turner. I'm here with my co-host. I had another name for you, but now I forgot what my name for you was. What was it? Oh, I'm here with my co-host, Billy Mays. If you guys didn't visit the, the, the Got Fish Expo, Billy Mays was out there slanging some Plano gear. He was slanging. He had his Plano hat on and Plano shirt. Oh, Billy Mays, Chris Lewis was slanging some stuff, buddy. Dude, I was, man. Uh, you even got my brother to buy some stuff, which is hard. He's he's cheaper than I am. He was drooling over that terminal tackle box. Oh, okay. he he sent me pictures like while we were recording this with Dustin. He was sending me pictures. He's already got it hooked up. Yes, all yes, all. Dude, it was a great time, man. The GRS, I mean, not the GRS, the the, the Godfish Expo. Um, you know, it's first one of the year and we had a really good time, but, um, dude, what's up with this weather we've been having, bro? It's ain't nobody been able to get out and do any fishing because it's been blowing like crazy. It's been windy, windy, but this, and then finally, yeah, it's going to be nice. Drew sends me this message like, Hey man, you want to call in to work on Friday and go fishing? I'm so behind at work right now, bro. I am like so behind on so many things, so many levels. But then I saw that wind and I was like, holy shit. We finally got a day that's like five, six miles an hour. Five, where where I'm wanting to go fishing right now, I'm looking at at, at my app. Five miles an hour, two miles an hour, four miles an hour, three miles an hour, (laughs) six mile an hour from the north. Guys, if you don't know what that means, that means it's a sight casting dream. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Wednesday, where I'm getting 34, 35, 34, and Tuesday, 32, 27, 29, 29, 32, am not. Hey, I'm glad. I'm happy that we're having those days. You want to know why? It's going to push the water around? No. Because it's going to rain. <laughs> it's going it, to rain those rain. days. It's yeah, gonna it's going to rain. We need the rain so bad. South Texas has been dry for well over a month. Um, before last night's rain, I cannot remember the last time that we actually got a good rainstorm. It poured here. Like, it was yeah. It was coming down. Did y'all like have... Bad. Did y'all have the um, the termite infestation? Uh, no, we did not. Did you hear about that? Mm-mm. Just so after the rain flying ants everywhere. Yes, after the rain yesterday, um, I mean everywhere from I was I was reading from like Beaumont, 
Baytown, Houston, um, Galveston, where, you know, us, all of a sudden we're in our house and we're like, what the hell is going on? You look outside and there's just clouds mm-hmm. of flying termites everywhere. And it's, they can get bad. It's a phenomenon that happens on like that first big rain in the mm. spring. Um, they just w- lie dormant until that happens. And then they're like, okay, let's go. It's <laughs> time go. to roll. Time to roll. Let's roll. Well, you mentioned GRS earlier. I see you got your yeah. GRS hat on. Are you uh, you ready yeah, for it? You ready for what um, is this? Is this stop three? This is stop three, and this is finally out of Galveston. I know, guys. I know it's GRS Galveston Redfish Series, but um, this stop is in Freeport, and Freeport is just about an hour west of Galveston. And the good thing is, is that actually means that I get to go stomp around a little bit further west. Tournament day, I don't like to drive in any further than two hours, okay? Mm-hmm. Two hours is a long... In fact, I try to keep it under two hours. Yeah, for me, it's two hours to go fish anywhere, but go yeah. on. <laughs> uh, well, I'm talking about from the from the weigh-in. Launch to weigh-in. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you're trying to scoot two hours back to a weigh-in, it can get grueling, dude. It can be frustrating, and it can be very difficult. Um, it just changes your whole mentality of what you're going to do for that day. You've got to get out there. You've got to catch fish fast, and you've got to get them back to weighing healthy. Mm-hmm. So Freeport kind of opens up some areas for me um, because, like I always say on this on this podcast, I like to fish further west. Mm-hmm. Um, those are some of my favorite areas to fish. And pa- pa- part of it's because I get to do more sight casting, and I do love sight fishing. It is my passion. Um, you know, I can't sit there and, and work an area to death, you know, just mm-hmm. grinding it over and over and over again. I can't do it. And I give up on areas if I can't sight cast, which is bad. I probably would do better, um, especially in situations where that's warranted or needed and required in order to win. And and again, when you're saying sight cast, you're not necessarily talking about actually fully seeing the fish in clear water. I am, but there are so many aspects of, that are involved in sight casting and sight fishing. Um, you know, just signs of fish mm-hmm. are also considered sight casting. True. Okay. So yeah. so you Squirrels. you consider throwing in front of a wake sight casting. Yeah, yeah, okay. you're still sight. You still you saw the fish before you cast it at it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't see that in windy conditions. You cannot see a good wake, and you can't see a good pattern of where that fish went to in a windy condition. Um, but some of these areas that I like to go to, it's not so much the the wind because I can find some protected areas to fish. I talk about it all the time, dude. I love fishing the uh, leeward um, shore. You know, rather than the windblown or the windward shore, um, I find that those lazy ass bastards that get fat, 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 like to just Shield. cruise. They like yeah, they out. like they like to cruise those, you know, undisturbed shorelines. Man, they and they're they're loners. They're by themselves. So, anyway, those areas, man, um, I can do a lot of effective sight casting, a lot of effective sight fishing. 
um, they also tend to have more grass. And with more grass means clearer water. Mm -hmm. So the clearer water gives you better advantage at sight casting, not just the wind conditions, but the clearer water also. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this next weekend. Is, is it going to pay off? I don't know because from what I understand, the areas that I like to fish west have caught on with some other folks. So I might be battling some situations where people are heading in to the same waters. We'll see. We'll have to see. I'm not going to do any pre-fishing, though. Not at all. Not at all. Mm -mm. No, I, I know where I'm going. Um, as long as the conditions are right. And you know what? I've got three areas um, chosen depending on what the conditions are like. So I think we'll do all right. This next one, I was talking to uh, Jonathan Meadows, bullshitting with him. And I was like, look, man, don't, don't go all runaway train just yet. I, I still haven't cashed a paycheck. <laughs> He's like, man, don't worry about it. You'll get you one. You'll get you one. I think I will, you know, um, there hasn't been a series in four or five years that uh, either myself or Tilly and I both haven't cashed a big check. So, hell, this might be the first year that we don't. Well, I'm, I'm hoping for a big check. I'm hoping some we get some more participation for some from some teams. It'd be nice to see more of the bro staff out there. You know, we we did see a lot of bro staffers out at the weigh-ins. T-Rail was out there. We got to talk to him. Chopper was out there. You know, I, I, I could keep going, but I know I'm going to leave some guys out, so I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Dude, I, just... I reached I reached out to a lot of the bro staff because I needed an alternate last, uh, last GRS, and everybody was working. I was like, what the hell? All you do is working on Saturdays. Golly. Quit we got working. a lot of plant workers or something. Yeah, they just got to quit working. Just fishing <laughs> is more important. Just quit work, man. Oh quit. no, this this guy gone delusional. Quit quit working altogether. Um, but like we said at the open, man, it was it was great to get out to the Got Fish Expo. It was great to see uh, everybody. I got a reel from uh, Danny that I forgot I even bought, so that was nice. And then, He didn't and then, forget it. He's been talking about it for months. Yeah. No, I forgot that I got I bought it from him whenever he handed it to me. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did buy this from you. And it was funny. My Facebook um, my Facebook memories popped up. You know what happened last year at the Got Fish Expo? I got an ALF from him last year at the Got ALF, Fish Expo. This yeah. one you got an ALX? Yeah, this one I got an ALX, so. It was it was fun. There was a lot of a lot of vendors out there. It was uh some cool products out there, but by far those those Plano Edge boxes were the coolest. And then those new Berkeley, the Jay Walker, um and the Whopper or not the Whopper Whopper. The Chopo. All the new Saltwater series um products that Berkeley's coming out with are freaking top notch, dude. I can't wait to have Dan on. Dan is the designer, the lead designer for Berkeley. He's trying to find some time to fit us into his calendar. The dude has been on like every freaking outdoor show known to man um, for the past like three months. So his schedule is just blowing up, man. All his baits right now are winning nationwide. They're just all his products are, are just gobbling up events left and right. 
I can't and wait now, to pick his brain. Now that new Saltwater series is coming out. And, bro, September is when we should see the new slobber knockers start hitting the shelves. I'm ready for that. If, if you guys don't know what the slobber knocker is. Just Google it. Just Google it, and you're going to see a lot of um, conjecture, some guessing on what the slobber knocker is. There's, there's, there's no real pictures of it yet. I have one I've in my got phone. Some. Yeah, yeah I, I have one in my phone. Uh, I've been talking to Danny about it, so it's pretty cool. That's a little secret that we're gonna we're gonna keep to us. We also have another secret that we're gonna keep to us that there's there's something in the works for me and Chris um, officially official official becoming a part of something, what, but we're what? not gonna say what it is. Not just yet. That's a tease for the next show. But we are officially gonna be. Becoming a part of something that you guys have heard on the show and us talk about many times. So Dude, I'm really this, excited about that. This show, by the way, speaking of this show, man, this one is pretty cool because we've actually we've wanted to have this guy on for, for a while. Because I think we all kind of got our start at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, doing podcasts. And it was all it's all because of the same reason, because we're passionate about, you know, not only the outdoors, but um, the things that we do, you know, whether it's getting outdoors to fish or getting outdoors to take pictures or getting outdoors just to be pure badasses. And, uh, this fella here, man, he's just right up our alley, man. Likes to bullshit, likes to fish. Homie's been skating and surfing his whole life. Um, I thought I, you know, first talking to him, which was a couple of years back, I thought he was from Louisiana. <laughs> he kind of he kind of has that sound to him. Just a little but, bit. Yeah, but I never would have thought that Georgia sounded sound. <laughs> it it has but, a little bit of it. I guess it does have a little bit of that twang too. So anyway, this is a good one. I liked it. We got Me to too. talk about we got to talk about a kayak that we've never talked about before. Never a brand, never. a whole yeah. brand. And and you know what, Chris? What? Before we hit Jessica with the uh, commercials here, I just have one word for you. What's that? I got booger? Nar! <laughs> hey, bro staff. Let me tell you, I was at the Gotfish Expo this past weekend in Galveston, and I had the opportunity to stop by the Plano booth. And those tackle boxes are amazing. If you're like me and there needs to be a place for everything and everything in its place, these boxes are what you want on your kayak. Good quality, built to last, protect your baits so that they can keep catching fish for you longer. If you weren't able to make it out and pick up some, then that's fine. You can get online at purefishing.com and get the box that's going to make the difference for you today. Do not miss out. You know what I didn't see a lot of while I was there? Kayaks. If you were heading to the expo hoping for a one-stop shop for your new fishing adventure, then you had better plan to fish off the pier. Don't despair yet, bro staffers. Mariner Sales has got your back. As a matter of fact, they have the largest collection of paddle and pedal kayaks in stock, so don't let yourself get pressured to buy something that might work. Get on MarinerSales.com, S-A-I-L-S, and get everything you're looking for. Speaking of looking, you know what I love? When I'm out at these things and I'm walking around with a 
a member of the bro staff and somebody stops us and says, hey, is that real sportswear? Man, I just bought the same shirt. That lets me know that the word is out and anglers are figuring out where to go for the best fishing apparel. It's one thing to preach about a good quality protective outdoor wear, but now we're seeing that people are starting to be about it. You can be about it too. You head on over to realsportswear.com today. That's it for me, bro staff. This is Salt Side Jess, and as always, I'll see you on the Salt Side. Hey, yo, yeah. Just talking about the Plano boxes, man. Uh, dude, we got so much attention from those boxes over the weekend. Let me tell you, bro. I didn't want to stop making videos about them because every time I turned around, there was something new about a damn box that I picked up, flipped it open, and I was like, damn, that's cool. Everybody that passed by was like, hey, what's that? I said, it's something you need. <laughs> I'm just glad that you can open and close it with one hand because when, when I get one of those fusion uh, hooks stuck in my hand because they're so damn sharp, I'm going to be able to close the box that it came out of, set it down before I get out the, the hook from my shirt or from my hand. You know, they're revolutionary, man. Those boxes, they are uh, top-notch, man. I can't say enough good about them. Um, but we're not here to talk about Plano boxes today. This is something completely new that we haven't done in three friggin' years, bro. And we're going to talk a kayak brand that has not been sold by any of our supporters or sponsors. But we all know it to be one of the roughest, the toughest... And the absolute heaviest of, of all battleship kayaks in the entire kayak world, man. And we're going to do that. We're going to discuss Jackson Kayaks with Dustin we, Nichols. So, what up? What up? What are you going to say? I was going to say. We're going to talk to Nar. No, no. I was going to say we are equal opportunity kayak enthusiasts. Always, always. And, and none of our retailers have sold any Jacksons, but I've, I've had and sold a few. I just recently sold a Kusa FD. So you know, I'm pretty sure that most of our listeners have have tallied a list or put a list together of all the kayaks that you've sold and bought and used, Drew. There's a lot. Know. There's a lot. They're I like, mean, we're gonna go I'm down the list the and make sure we 20s. don't use any of these kayaks. Actually, I've had a, a Kusa and a Cuda, and you know what popped up on my timeline the other day? That trip. When we were out at Dirty Pelican. And in fact, flipped. it popped up today. I'm going to go find it in my memories, and I'm going to share it. But hey, man, I already introduced him. Our boy Dustin. What's up, Dustin? Hey, what's going on tonight, fellas? Uh, Not a whole, whole lot. Not a whole beer. lot. Beer. Yeah, hey, I'll pop me a yingling here a second ago. Hey, what <laughs> up, dog? What up? Hey, hold up. Now, Dustin, <laughs> you're the regional pro staff director for Jackson for this area. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm the um, team lead for the south in the southeast region and on their factory fishing team. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. And, and, and you guys hear the quality that's coming from <laughs> Dustin's side over there. If you don't already know, you can check him out on the Chase and the Tide podcast over on the Paddle and Fin Network, he does their saltwater um, show there, which I'm sure we'll talk about that, all that stuff a little oh, cool. bit later. Thanks for the shout out, appreciate but it. Let's let's definitely talk some Jackson kayaks. I know Chris wanted to have you on. I brought up the well, he brought up the Nar. Nar. 
the the gnar the gnar is no, in you, the news, man. You you brought it up like before we even started anything. Like this, dude. It's a new yeah. Up it's, and you're like, hey, hey, Chris, gnar, gnar. What's that? Yeah. Gnar. I just laugh. I just want to say gnar, gnar, gnarly. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, my whole intention was was not to talk about necessarily New Jackson, but um, where Jackson kind of rooted itself in the very beginning because we all know the story we all because there was a time when when fishing kayaks and jackson were like synonymous man like the dudes that were building fishing kayaks were jackson kayaks yes and and everybody else just had kayaks with rod holders that doesn't make it a fishing kayak but yeah, they 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 definitely uh, kicked it off. You know that high low seating when that first came out. You know that yep. was like pff, what's what's people call that a game changer. The game changer. <laughs> well, that but that really was, was a game changer back then. in the day. Yeah, you a can go ahead and use that word. Lawn chair yep. seating. Yep. That you know was what that new. Did? You know what that did? That instantly kicked off all the DIYers buying Larry chairs and trying to put them on their old Outbacks. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Let me DIY this. Then you, they got like 50 holes, PVC sticking up everywhere, Velcro, tape, everything, trying to keep a Larry chair. Well, that was back in the day, too, where everybody had to do DIY um, PVC Sir, rod Sir. holders with like eight no, rod holders across. Yes, eight, hey, I still eight, got one in the eight, backyard that like matched my blue back. fin CUDA twelve like perfectly. I could go <laughs> to pop Cuda, it out. So my CUDA fourteen had the most ridiculous rocket launcher that held I don't know maybe like six or eight rods. See, that's exactly were, <laughs> see. Mine and they six. were at they were at every angle <laughs> like, possible, man. Yep. You know, you could stick them out 45 degrees from, from your head. You can angle them backwards. You can angle them forwards, whatever, man. And uh, that that was actually a time where you probably spent more time in your garage DIYing than you really spent out on the water. <laughs> well, and Probably so. That was also a time, too, where I think all of us were newer into the sport, and we were like – you know what? I need all this stuff so I can go troll offshore. I'm going to do me lots of offshore kayak fishing. And then as In we got cooter. older, we're like, yeah, let's 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 go chase some uh, redfish in the bay. <laughs> like, that's a lot more fun. I'm not losing any gear, uh, entry and uh, re-entry. Like, it's a lot, it's a lot easier just to you know, I'm going, I'm gonna go, go on the off, grass flats. Off topic here. I know that you know, the topic is Jackson. Surprise, Cotton. surprise. But, <laughs> You know, you said you said back in the day whenever we, we all thought we were going to go do this one thing. And, you know, we all just wanted to get a taste of it. We wanted to see what was going on. But we go over the top, man, all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was talking, you know, Michael Marquez, mm-hmm. Sharky. Yeah. So we were we were uh, talking the other day about trolling. And, you know, in a, in a motorized boat, you troll usually like around four miles an hour, man. And it's boring. Um, and you troll lures. You don't troll ribbons. If you do troll, sometimes they troll ribbons, but not like us. Okay, in a kayak, you got to use that ribbon, and you're doing bump trolling. You know where you, you got that ribbon down there in a water column somewhere, and and you just kind of letting that sucker, float around. You can't, y'all can't see my hand, but I'm doing the little, like it's flying. All right, yes, so, I was telling him, I was like, dude, I've got so many offshore lures 
it's ridiculous how many offshore lures I've got. He's going, cool. why do you have all those offshore lures? I said, bro, because I thought I was going to be an offshore fisherman. <laughs> and then I realized it's tough. It's freaking hard, bro. It's enjoyable like once a year. It's <laughs> funny. I can't do it no more. It's funny you say that because I was cleaning out my little fishing closet the other day. And I ran a cla- across some Ziploc bags full full of leaders full of kingfish leaders that i oh, made yeah. the stinger with, hooks for the with, yes oh, yeah. stinger yeah. Hook, horrible <laughs> crimps and i was like man i'm gonna throw these so, no i'm not gonna throw them away because one, away, cause one day go. i'm gonna use these they're like eight years old i i made them i made them before the very last blue water classic and i think that Dang. one was like Dude. in 2015 that was a while back for Dude, sure that, those those were the best man i freaking I, somebody needs to bring that event back i think that sounds like a good idea yeah <laughs> just make a big old boondoggle out of it just bring it back that was basically what it was yeah 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 to 90 percent of the people had, there it was a boondoggle yeah, it was we not had anything like that in a long time it would be four in the morning and we're all still walking up and down the beach going damn we've got like two hours man sleep chris where do we want to start on jackson's though man you, you don't want to start on the gnar so where, where no, are we gonna yeah, start? that's the newest thing why you want to start with the newest thing all right so for those people that don't already know i mean jackson is the made in the usa kayak if anybody ever wants to reference a kayak that's you know, made in the Tennessee. USA, it, it's it's the jackson kayak i mean they i remember whenever we were really pushing jackson it was always you know if it if it can't be made in the u.s they were going to try and source it in the u.s no matter what part it was and that was tried and true of jackson kayak um one of the the things that i know about molding kayaks is that you go overseas to pick up or to to build or to mold a kayak and they can't always get the plastic chemistry the same as they can here in the u.s and they can't always get the design perfect and right because there's a lot that goes into it you gotta put a lot of minds into that and overseas they quicker is better there's so much involved in in the molding process you got valves that push air at certain points of the mold to where that cools the plastic faster than other spots right there's all kind of tricks and stuff that you would not even imagine and i don't know how much i could share but and those areas that (laughs) that stay hot are staying hotter for a reason because they need to grab more plastic to get you know stronger and reinforced in those areas so jackson it was like known to be heavy I know you've already heard me say it like five times already. Durable. You know, even before we started broadcasting, it was heavy, durable, and heavy. And heavy. <laughs> but the holes were have always been well designed. You got Tony, Tony Lee, who's a surfer and just a great shaper altogether. Um, just knows what to do to tweak them holes to make them paddle right. Now pick, as pick, big as that gnar is, I can tell you it it paddles way better than the big rig did. <laughs> I pick because because the the only Jackson that I actually kept around for for a while was was my Cuda, and that thing was eighty something pounds, which I think is less than what my Outback weighs. I can't remember. I was gonna say like eighty Outback's pounds. Outback's like what ninety four. 
80, 80 pounds is I don't even right know. Now. At this point in my life, man, I don't even care how much they yeah. weigh. Oh, yeah. A good cart gets you a long way, too. Yeah. Trailer, cart, all good. Tra- yeah, trailer. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Ike the next kayak that I have. And whenever you Ike a kayak, that means you just you literally launch it like a boat. I don't think I've seen mm-hmm. him like actually like put his kayak on a cart. He just pulls that trailer directly down the boat ramp and launches it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a boat. But... um Jackson has come a long way. They've had a lot of different molds, a lot of different models. Um, they've even dabbled in the ABS plastic for a while. I don't know if they still make a, a light model or not. No, we do not. We had uh, Kilroy. We had some Cudas in that. We had some mm-hmm. of the recreational boats in that. Very, very light. I think the Cuda 12 was like 42 pounds. <laughs> ABS, <laughs> for some reason, just doesn't take off people don't understand the use behind abs and kayaks we talk about it a lot on the show you know there's a give and take whenever you design and build a kayak right drew mm-hmm. you know you make it faster what's going to happen gonna be sl- it's gonna be uh skinnier less less, 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 less stability less stability. stability add more stability what's going to happen it's gonna, gonna be, be more sluggish. It's gonna be more sluggish. Make it out of ABS plastic. It's gonna be light. It's gonna be light. It's gonna be, light. It's gonna be <laughs> slick. But you can't repair that shit. No. No. And it it, it you, doesn't you smack do a well with reef. impacts. That's what I was <laughs> yeah, gonna say. Exactly. It does That's not do well say. with impacts. And we all know kayakers are well, well, well known for leaving a pound of flesh on the oyster reefs when they come up to it because. You don't stop paddling until you get stuck and get stopped on top of the oyster reef. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. like, hey, let me see if I can go around. You just plow through it. And it's like, eh, I'll stop moving whenever it stops me from moving. You just, just get out and walk yeah, now. Just keep on going then. Just get out and walk. I've, I've left plenty. Or you do that butt scooting thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. The inchworm. <laughs> I tell you what, there's, there's about three or four pounds of uh, big tuna out there on pelican lake i'll tell you that much there's three or four pounds of that that is the worst day i've had kayak fishing but it was my own fault man i paddled like seven miles uh from where we were at in a big tuna by myself and by the time i got the listeners out there that don't know what's a big tuna buddy the big tuna was the two person uh jackson 15 foot i think it was like 15 four or something like that but you could you could roll it in the solo position. Yes, um, that's what I, I was large and in charge. <laughs> exactly what it was. <laughs> it's multi-use. It was yeah. single or duo, and come on, best feature about the big tuna was it had a pooper hole. <laughs> <laughs> it had a big hole right in the middle. You could take it for out the, for that marsh like dump when you need it. It was just like a toilet right there in the middle. Had yeah. the bait tank. That was actually that was pretty bait awesome. Scupper. Yeah, that was awesome. We went uh, crappie fishing with my son. We would keep the minnows in there. But the reason I say that it was one of the worst days ever is I paddled like seven miles away from where we were at. On the way back, there was a boat ramp that was still about three miles from where we launched. I just stopped at the boat ramp and then asked guys to take me back to my truck. It was, I was so hot, and oh, I was so man. tired. Finally, another kayaker pulled up, and he's like, 
you all right, man? And I'm like, no, I'm not all right. I need to get back to my truck, which is up around the corner in these houses and everything, and I'm not paddling. He said, well, let's load it up in the truck, and I'll take you over there. So he took me over and dropped me off. (laughs) I felt that that same way one day in Makuta on Chocolate Bayou, but I think you would feel that way in any kayak on Chocolate Bayou unless you have a motor because Chocolate Bayou is just – I don't know. Have you ever fished there, Dustin? Chocolate Bayou? The one off 2004? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, it's a nightmare, dude. On a south wind? Oh, yeah, my on a God. South a straight wind. south wind? God. I've got out of my kayak and just said, fuck it, and walked. <laughs> and <laughs> and just walked with the kayak. That's how bad. I was paddling, <laughs> and I was going backwards. And I said, yeah. nope, I'm out. I'm, I'm getting out of the kayak, and I'm just walking. Jonathan Gray, one time, he was very, very smart. He parked at the uh, – he launched at the – the marina that's up north and so he paddled down and then just caught the wind <laughs> to go back wind up. just drifted back I always fished the way back up yeah i always launched at the at the bayou i mean at the uh, bridge mm-hmm. and then fished up to the bubble wall and then have to paddle my ass all the way back down that's so Ooh, yeah yeah but oh well chocolate no. bayou man that's doo-doo but it's, yeah it sucks then I guess you know there there wasn't a whole lot of time after the big tuna was was one of their um, famed kayaks that that the FD came out man and the FD yep. was first was first uh, developed on what the Cuda was it a Cuda uh, FD Cusa, or Cusa Cusa FD Cusa FD yeah. yeah it was the Cusa series boat with the flex drive the first flex drive that came out yeah. So, so that's what the FD stands for, folks, is the Flex Drive. Flex Drive. And what makes the Flex Drive so famous and unique? That recessing dagger board that, with that flexible shaft. That you flex. hit something and it just recesses right up back in the hole so you don't break props and all that good stuff. Yeah, It flexed and it had a cable, right, that mm-hmm. ran from from the drive to the prop. Yep, from the yeah, top of the... Of Lower unit, yeah. There's a little. Uh, what, what am I looking for? A gear. What word I'm looking for. A cable, flexible yeah, cable. A cable. But there's a little spider, a little pinion, a little a, a bushing. Gear. Yeah. It's a something. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking. I got them at work all the time. Coupling, duh. <laughs> I deal with them. I got them on the, all the pumps that I work with at work. Yeah, there's a coupling that that's involved on the the, the upper and the lower that the way they connect um and basically the the technology inside of the lower unit is very similar to your uh flexible shaft on a weed eater hmm. right right that's, <laughs> that's what yep. i thought about a lot whenever yeah whenever not on a on a straight shaft but on no, a, like the curve on a ones. Bent yep. shaft yep. Weed eater. exactly exactly very very similar yeah that that was my favorite feature of that kuza fd that i had is, um, you know, on prop drives, that's always been my stinker. Like, what I hate about a prop drive, if you're going and you get stuck in the mud, like, natives are the worst. If you get a native stuck in the mud, like, you're stuck. And it is hard as hell to get the uh, to get the prop straight so you can pull it up. Now, the Outback, I mean, not the Outback, now, the uh, Old Town is a little bit better because the hole's yeah. big enough you can just pull the whole pull thing up. Pull the whole up. thing up. 
But on the Jacksons, all you do, if you think you're getting too too shallow, you just pull a little lever. Mm-hmm. Like, you, my fat belly don't get in the way. I can just barely lean forward, and I can hit that <laughs> lever. I don't have to bend all the way down to the floor and unlock anything and pull it back up. That's probably, you know, what I what I think is the best feature of those Jacksons is how easy it is to deploy and pull up that prop. Yeah, and it's, it's got two settings, too. It's got one that kicks it all the way down. It's got one about a, two-thirds of the way up, um, you know, for little, you know, higher clearance uh but yeah i've slammed into uh lay downs and stumps and all kinds of good oh, stuff that's, ran that right over like, <laughs> that sounds like freshwater talk I don't oh yeah that's some freshwater talk well actually in some of them backwater rivers we get some we get some stuff back in there what what is a lay down because sometimes i tell my dog hey lay, lay down <laughs> like a fallen tree off the edge of the bank it's like at an angle and it's like goes into the water that's a lay and he's like, I ran over that shit. It's sticking out of the land into the water. Four-wheel drive. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Get it and go. Well, we're oh, talking yeah. about the, the flex drive. You're on what, the, the Mark IV? Is that yes, what we're Mark on IV. right now? Yeah. So what, what's yeah. different between this drive and previous models? Ah, yeah. It's belt-driven now. We got some uh, some mountain bike technology on there as far as the uh, – the oil bath on the gears and everything it's got something it's got a little spindle and similar to like a three-piece crank with like a sealed sealed bearings and everything similar to a bottom bracket on the and you use the oil bath no grease there's an oil bath in in the actual gearing that goes to the coupling on the upper unit yeah man i tell you what i whenever i switched my my trailer over to oil bath i love that (laughs) yeah I i don't know how i would feel about it on a for a drive system so far so good and i mean if josh stewart can't break it i don't know if i mean hopefully i mean he's a freshwater guy he's one of our you know he's been on a roll on a lot of the national tournaments this year uh on the factory team with jackson and uh, if he can't break it nobody can definitely doing some good yeah yeah. It's, it's it's gonna last now is it's it going, is it smoother because you, you got a chance smoother you got the chance to <laughs> test it right yes yeah, we got a chance to mess around with them pre-production and everything leading up to everything. And definitely beat it up in the salt water. Had a bark swab over in St. Augustine, Florida. He runs a guide service and pretty much destroyed it too. And, you know, definitely holding up. Definitely super quieter, faster. Uh, you know, the ratio is still about, I think it's a 12, 12 to 1. You get 12 prop rotations for every uh, crank revolution. Um, but definitely tons quieter, tons smoother. A lot more efficient, for sure. Def- definitely upgrade. Big, That's big upgrade. one of those one of those things that I've actually been waiting for was belt driven. Um, I haven't tried one out honestly. I don't like rotary drives. I just man, it just doesn't work well with my mechanics. Yeah. But I like to see advancements in 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 these products to where other people can enjoy them. And I know certain things make stuff better, like yeah. a belt would honestly make things better um there's another <clears throat> piece of technology that i'm waiting on but i don't think anybody's ever going to freaking make it and that's a, a gyro driven yeah so that as you're as in with a stepper motor so that you're actually stepping it doesn't have to be you know it can be a prop prop driven but you're you're uh, using a stepper motor and it's got a gyro built into it so that as you're creating energy as you're building up energy it's storing the energy in the gyro 
and you can you don't have to put it forth as much effort almost like ah, a continuously variable transmission <laughs> almost like a cvt for a, for a car because cvt mm -hmm. for a car is basically like a rubber band it just keeps getting wound up wound up wound up you yep. never feel a gear change and you can't i mean who's put nobody has put gears in i mean I you have drive. one gear you yep. have one gear you have 12 to 1 right that's your one gear but imagine if you could have going to overdrive on that fool. <laughs> yeah, continuously variable. And yeah. I, I, I believe the technology is out there, man. And if anybody's listening and you want to talk to me, I mean, here's the NASA nerd. You can go ahead and give me a shout. <laughs> we'll, we'll sit down and put it on paper. I mean, I'm about to start training people for Mars missions, baby. Oh yeah. Hey, Brad Cisco, Jackson kayak R and D. Need to there you get go. With this guy here, right? Here. Call me up, man. <laughs> You the NASA nerd involved on this one, Mike. Something with some gyroscope, Jetsons drive kind of thing. <laughs> hey, Rosie. Yep, yep. That, that would be the name of it, the Rosie. The Rosie. Just call it the Rosie. Well, if you want to talk, talk about, you know, uh, kayak names, Drew has said it already two dozen times. No, I know he wants to talk about it. He's just foaming at the mouth, ready to talk about. It. You know why? Because Drew believes that he's primarily Nordic. I I'm thirteen percent. He wants to be a Viking. I'm thirteen percent. <laughs> we tell him. We tell him all the time. Nah, bro, you're you're mostly Asian. We can tell. You know, uh, one percent <laughs> Pacific Islander, sir. <laughs> You just need to keep growing that beard down to it and then start braiding it and then like I can't man. The the right side starts floofing out this way. As soon as it gets long, it goes this way. He ain't just lying, the right bro. side. It just tried so hard to grow it out one time and it's like, bro, you're walking lopsided. No, it's not. It's just my beard. My beard yeah, goes floof. My beard floofs to the side. Oh so sorry, Chris. I'm sixteen percent Norwegian, so that the okay. it's gone up. Twenty nine percent Scottish. So Braveheart and Vikings. Oh Lord! <laughs> Bam! What you think about that? Nar, nar. nar. <laughs> All right, Drew. I know you've got some questions that are just ready to bang through. What you What you want to know about the nar? No, I I, I just want to know. You know what you think of the product? You got a chance to actually get some butt time in it, and I was a little critical of some people that the new product came out and they're like man it's gonna be a game changer it's awesome it's this and that and i'm like y'all ain't even seen the boat yet like let's hear from somebody <laughs> that's actually had some butt time in the boat before you're oh, gonna tell me how awesome used to that though, something Drew. is but that's just the way the kayak game is though new product yep. comes out it's the greatest thing in the world before you even get to try it. I mean, we've we've done it before too, Chris. And even in the post, I was like, I've been guilty of this in the past too. But I want I want to hear a little bit from someone who's had some time in it, and then I want to talk about because I don't think a lot of people are privy to this type of information either. Like, what goes into whenever you're testing a prototype, like how secretive do you have to be? Are they like, you pull out your phone, are they like, hey, 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 put hey. the phone up, put the phone up, or do they take it, put it in a plastic bag before you get out there and, and, and stuff like that? You just, but first, oh, you know, yeah. we get into that too. But first, yeah. let's, let's, let's just talk about, you know, what you liked about the, about the boat, you know, what, how it's different from other boats and things like that. 
Yeah. Well, well, the first thing I noticed, I got to fish out of one back in December. Um, you know, Jameson Redding, he's uh, our uh, fishing brand manager for Jackson Kayak. Uh, you know, he was involved in getting this process rolling. You know, when we came to decide we we're going to, you know, bring a new boat to the market, you know, something that could replace the big rig down the road. Um, you know, the first thing I noticed when I got in was like, dang, this thing cuts through some water, you know. And then that's we still had you know some prototype uh, drives in too. Everything was still getting tweaked a little bit, um, and the boats were pre-production models. Um, we you know had a few you know parts we were waiting on to be uh, formed and everything, but everything was you know working great. You know and uh, you know we got to fish some flats down in the Laguna Madre and got to see how it performed you know in some skinny water and how it paddled and how the hole performed in some wind that we had to deal with. Seems like no wind follows Jameson everywhere he goes fishing. <laughs> so, hey, and that it always blows that, in Texas. So that's, That ain't that's, no that's, lie. That's he went and met him in Louisiana, and That ain't no lie. It was, so it was just fine for three days that we were fishing down there at Pack in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and then Jameson and Jen Salmon showed up, and the and wind it, just started blowing like 2025, yep. and we were mm-hmm. leaving the next day. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was good to see the the finished product, you know, the pre production model that we had in December and get the fish out of it and uh, put it through its paces. You know, we, you know, it was, it was good to see. It's, Any uh, particular you know, uh, items on the NAR that you actually had like input and were implemented into the boat? Well, it, all of us were pretty unanimous unanimous on uh, you know the big rig had a uh, had a great base. But it had those, the rod storage was on the gunnels, so it shrunk your cockpit. So you felt cramped. Mm-hmm. So the key thing, I was like, man, we need more room in there, in, in, the, in the cockpit, on the deck. Yeah. Is there any way we can extend it out? I mean, the, the kayak's actually two and a half, almost three inches narrower than the big rig. But your cockpit area is just so much more tremendous because you got rid of those big gunnel, you know, mm sides that you know your rod storage is on big on rig, big rig. bubbly it was big bubbly. rig's got a big bulbous nose you know yeah and um, and those gunnels like you were saying like the sides of the the kayak were just big yeah it was big it definitely shrunk your cockpit that was a big plus and then having the in-hole rod storage that was what we all wanted you know for 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 beach launching and stuff like that if you're mm. gonna get in you have your stuff strapped down talk it's about a big that. plus uh yeah, it's pretty neat. Uh, it's got some rod hangers that come off of the the tri track. <laughs> uh, that's our uh, our new uh, track system that has a top loading uh, track on all three sides that run the entire length of the boat. It's pretty cool because you can recess your uh, your electric cabling in that with some clips and run it oh, to I the didn't fish finder and stuff I didn't that think on about the inside that. rail. And you can use like ninety degree attack mounts to. That's how I got my foot control steering rigged up. It's pretty dang neat. Um, but yeah, the, the rod storage is great. It's got a little hanger that fits down behind your seat. Uh, there's plenty of room in between there and the gunnel to fit your rods in. You got three tubes on each side on the front end. Um, you know, it doesn't interfere with the foot control steering. It kicks it out far enough to where you can still stare with your toes and your rods are still internally stored, strapped in there. Uh, you know, if you were to go over there, staying in place, it's got a little little strap that goes over on your little hanger off the side there beside the seat and yeah that was a big plus we you know all of us were saying you know the wind catches your rods in your crate 
you know, you might have more than six with you, but mm-hmm. you know, you can stuff some more on top of them. I think I put five on one side, just stuffed them all on top of each other and <laughs> kind of just stuffed them in there just to see how many I could stack on the side. Those, those rods and uh, lines start whistling after oh, yeah. a while. You can get that. You'd be surprised really- how much wind your rods catch standing up behind you like that. When well, you have five I always, them. I always think it's my damn crate, but I'm sure my rods also has something to do with it. Per- always like a perpetual freaking backwards, right hand turn constantly, you know, damn kayaks always getting kicked around from the kicked back around. end. Yep. Yeah. That's because it, that crate and the rods sticking up out of it, but I'm not like you bass guys. I don't bring 40 <laughs> rods with me. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The, the internal rod storage was a big thing, the more cockpit room, but, you know, another one was, you know, a lot of boats you see, you have to do a lot of work to make it electric motor ready. And it, it was the collective pretty much. I mean, we were all like throwing these this, these things out here. We, we said it's got to be easy to rig your foot control steering. So there's pre-molded kickouts that you drill into and you run your cables. You recess your cables. Um, the bow has definitely got a recessed flat area that's just like a drill and go. Put your uh, XI3, your you know, motor guide, Minn Kota mount up there. Perfect area to mount your bow mount. Nice. I, I so, think. Yeah, definitely, definitely electric motor friendly for sure. I and think it handles them well. I think everybody is aiming to take out the PA. Um, everybody's trying to make a boat. That's that, been going on since the Titan, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like everybody is trying to take out the PA. Where I think that Hobie is struggling is, like Dustin just said, you can throw easily throw on a motor to the uh, – throw it on there. I know, heck, Old Town has ones that come with spot lock motors and everything yeah. else on it. That's where Hobie's starting to fall behind is, you know, putting a motor on the back of a PA or on the back of an Outback or on the back of a Compass. It is not as easy as it is with some of these – other companies and as we've talked about on the show adding those motors is is i mean that's what's that's what's going to be hot you know that's what's well, going to be in the yeah, next believe it or not five it's, years, it's there. that's what's going to be there. it i don't, I don't know who it is that we talked to drew but we had somebody on and they they're <clears throat> man we were talking tournaments i know that we were talking about the hobie bos and and why they don't allow motors and it's because they're their actual kayak production team is not interested in motorizing. It was Hobie it was kayak. Jay Whalen in our uh, yeah in our yeah. motor yeah. in our yeah. motor yeah. episode. Yeah, they're just not interested in in motorizing their kayaks, and I mean that's fine, you know, dude. I, I this year whenever we inked our deal with Mariners, and they said they said Chris, you know, <clears throat> and Drew, they're like we want you guys to use products that you're super excited about we don't want you to you know just come pick stuff up that we tell you to pick up we want you to use stuff that you're super excited about so that you know people can feel your passion and understand you know where you're coming from and i was like man i've already got like everything (laughs) my ass got like eight kayaks in the in in storage everything from uh 12 foot fiberglass paddleboard old school t160i and three outbacks and i'm just i'm like i'm set they're like yeah chris but what about electric you got anything electric like man i don't know if i want electric i really don't know (laughs) if i want electric but i went ahead and got the bonafide ss 127 and and the newport motor 
and fished all damn day out of that thing. Paddled it most of the day. Did not run that motor hardly at all, except for on the way back. And I was like, oh, hold up. On the way back, all I got to do is put this thing on, like, cruise control, bro. Yep. And I'm, like, waving to people. I'm like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Chilling. Like a and I, I'm just chilling. <laughs> yeah, there's these two dudes on the bank. You know, they're bank fishing. They're looking at me like, yo, hold up, homie. What you got there? Where, where you going, man? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, yeah, okay. I kind of I kind of get the allure here, you know, the um, of of you know, being motorized, but that is not what it's all about because like Jay Whalen put it, he's a fisherman first. Yep. And I'm a kayak needs... angler, not a kayak paddler. Yeah. Yeah. You're <laughs> the angler first. He's in it to win events yep. and he needs every edge he can possibly get. Mm-hmm. So Hobie, you know, is not, they're not tournament anglers. They have yeah. tournament anglers that work for them. You know you what know, I think's crazy product. is is now we're like we're talking about how Hobie is the purest company. <laughs> like the, the uh, foot pedal no, company is nah. the quote unquote purest yeah. company. No, Everybody just, else is I'm going to motors. I'm just answering what you were saying though. Yeah. I'm just going back to what you were saying, Drew. I wasn't. I'm no Hobie. Hobie doesn't even have the quest anymore. How could they be a purist paddling company or kayak company? No way, man. Well, now the um, fin drive—that's purist. Like, if you're using if you're using a motor, you're not a purist. You got to go back to the to the fin drive pedals. Pedals is okay. pure now. Going going back to the NAR though, um, because I did have. Were you done asking your question, Dylan? Drew? Yeah, I was done. Okay. I've, I've got to see the NAR, so I, I saw well, it in person the other day. Well, one thing that, that Dustin said was, you know, all right, the NAR is, is intended to take the place of the big rig. Eventually, knock this the big rig off of its throne as being the, the big daddy of Jackson. Yeah. The big rig was not a saltwater-friendly kayak. It just wasn't, dude. It, no, it not, handled... not, for the insh- not for the marsh. For deep water structure and trout, it was good to go. It's it did not handle offshore very well um, because it it honestly rode on top of everything and yes. it got bounced around by everything. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so, in all of the videos that I've seen so far of the NAR, I've, I haven't seen it being used as a. I always thought the big rig was a bass fishing kayak. Yes, yeah. honestly, well in big big lakes. Big lakes, yeah, big water. So whenever I saw the NAR and I saw it presented the way that it was, I was thinking, oh, damn, this is like an offshore trolling machine. Oh, it's going. It will be. It's got a bait tank scupper, too. So, yeah. Oh. So, so does it does it have the um, the versatility to take both worlds, to yes, do both things? Yes, it does. Yeah, that, that was part of the deal with that collective team that we had put together. There was a bunch of tournament guys involved, men-shore guys, some offshore guys. You know, Jim Salmon, Spark Swab, uh, Matt Ball, Russell Johnson, Josh Evans, Jameson, Josh Stewart. Uh, when you have you know, Jim Salmon's involved, of course, it's got to be able to perform. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to have the bank taste scupper. Is that what he said? That was his input? I need my bank tape. Eight, eight, no, eight, it was kind of like, I mean, we all kind of agreed on everything. I mean, but it, 
for offshore people that want to have that, you know, option for your live well back there uh, for the guys that are fishing, you know, big game fish, you know, they, they definitely need that option and it, it's there. Guys, don't buy this kayak with the thought that you're going to use a live well in the marsh. <laughs> you're just going to be sucking mud up through that thing. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, but uh, no, as far as a, a tournament bass kayak, it's going to it's going to be nice. It's going to fit that that mainly because of the ability to uh, adapt to the motor scene. Yeah, yeah, it's very easily, you know, motor friendly. You know, everything's there, really easy to rig up. When when the big rig first came out, there was only one one company out there making a mount, a motor mount for it. It was Bass Yak. Bass Yaks, yes. Yeah. Bass Yaks, they were making the motor mounts for, for uh, the big rig. I don't even remember how they were attaching that. But that was a long-ass time ago. Yeah, the <laughs> first the, the, the first version ago. of the big rig, correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's been I a little I can't remember while. how they were attaching that. Anyway. Drew, what you working on over there, man? You've got a glow in your face. You're obviously <laughs> Googling something. No, I'm just uh, I'm looking at the boat right Are now. Are you looking at naked naked pictures? No, I, I'm not. Not during a podcast. You checking that's, out the the, that's the, 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 the specs on Lenar? Yeah, I'm just looking at it. Um, I, you know, I was I was thinking earlier the tri track is one of the things that is 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 pretty cool. You know, you have the Hobie H rails, you have the tri track. I think that may be, you know, along with the ability to mount motors and different motor systems and things like that, I think that track systems is something going forward that we're going to see some development in. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of companies that are just using the same old track systems and, and things like that. I think developing your own type of, I mean, not, I mean, you can only do so much with it. But um, something similar to the tri-track or just something different is going to be something that we're going to see from a lot yeah. of companies. And the tri-track, I mean, well. it's, it's great. It's top-loading. You just take your Yak Attack or yak, and Yak Gadgets, Railblaze accessories, and you slap it right in. You know, to put stuff on the H-Rail, you got to buy a couple different adapters before you can put that For the actual stuff in H-Rail there. stuff. So yes, you're actually spending extra money like on your it. with your accessories, too. Yeah, so that was they, a big deal to us. Smart. Keep it they simple. Got, they got smart and they made some H rails with a track. Oh, okay. There is some. <laughs> yeah, but but still, H rails to me, honestly, anything when you start adding a bunch of crap to your kayak that extends above the deck, to me, it causes problems. Um, you're still man. That is so tiny. It looks like your pecker. It's small. <laughs> The yeah. the photo, not my pecker. It's medium. <laughs> it's medium I can't size. See no tr- <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm trying to trying to blow this up for you. <laughs> I'm a standard six inches late. <laughs> anyway, Chris, can you just see the track? So the track has an opening on the side, on yeah. the top, and on the inside that you can uh, you can add accessories to. Yeah, and I want to I want to say something too. Right in front of the pedal drive too, there's a there's a recessed area with some tie downs that will hold up to a hundred amp hour battery there if you would like to run your motor on the your battery on the front for say a Newport or something like that, or your Turquito battery with a, a one hundred amp extension. hour battery. That's yeah. a pretty big. That's a pretty big. And, and you can fit one the the back hatch as well, the opening in the back hatch. 
say if you want to offset your weight of your bow mount, it will mount perfectly. It will fit perfectly in the in the back in the back hatch also. Um, so you got plenty of options for for motors. How movable is that seat fore and aft? Pretty good. It's got a good little range on it. It's that new high low, uh, easy high low seating. And just one hand, just quick lift it up, pull it up, lift it down, let let I it saw, down. You know, I saw that that uh, being demonstrated. I like that. Yeah, that came out on the Take 2 when the when our new uh, Tanner boat came out that took place of the Big Tuna. The Take 2 made it, it has a little different uh, hull design and everything than the Big Tuna did. Paddles a little better. A couple upgrades. That's when we re- we released the Tri-Track on that also. They got smart on that bow, dude. They got real yep. smart on that bow. Made some significant changes. That's one thing that I absolutely must have in a kayak is a, a uh, bow that is honestly that's it's kind of like when you're driving um a car you know Mm -hmm. you got to have a good steering wheel you got to have good suspension you got to have good tires you know all these things affect the way that it drives and it steers brakes gotta have good brakes true yeah and and like like you said steering and that was a big decision of uh the collective team that we had for the nar was upgrading the steering over what's on the kusa fd and the big rig fd you got flex big, rod. You yeah. have like a big, huge. Um, the uh, rudders, rudder a little now. bigger, but it's uh, it's cable internally inside the hole. Finally, <laughs> we're, we got away from those flex rods, so you got a lot more uh, turning uh, a radius and you actually radius on your rudder. Yeah, you actually turn the steering handle left and right instead of forwards and backwards. Yep, you turn yeah. it right. You want to go right. You turn it left. You want to go left. And there's handles on both sides of the seat, so you can steer on either side, whichever hand is free. That was a big plus too, definitely. Now, so will this be uh, will this be taking the place of the Yupik for you, or are you going uh, to have both? No, I, I still or... have, the... Dude, no, I have both. I picked two... up a Yupik and I picked up the an R. That's what I just picked up. A couple those are two back. completely different platforms, yeah. Drew. Yeah, the Yupik's twelve too, twelve foot two inches long, uh, thirty seven same width, th- almost thirty seven inches wide. The NAR is a thirteen nine. 37, 37 inches wide, a little over 37 inches. That you 140 good, pounds. Good, it's a big old boat. That you picks a good river boat, man. This actually is a good river boat, but it's a great little marsh boat, too, because it's just flat. There's no hatches. There's no nothing. Just throw my crate on there. Throw the live wheel in front of me. <laughs> it fits in you know, perfect. That's, that is a um, – a lot of people, whenever boats – Whenever manufacturers started to come out with boats that had no hatches, people were like, oh, man, I'm getting gypped. Now they're finally coming around, and they're like, damn, that's actually the way to go. Because nobody uses a hatch. I I use my hatch to install my anchor trolleys. Yeah. Like that, that's the only reason I open my front hatch. If you know how to use a rigging bullet, you can achieve the same thing. Yes, you can. Um, but it, the, the hatches... Um, so I love for offshore. I do love being able to have some, you know, in-hole rod storage and some in-hole storage for for things that you might need um, while you're out there. But you wouldn't use a boat that doesn't have hatches offshore. So that's point is mute. Yeah. Um, but for just everyday rolling around fishing. You know, especially if you're in rivers, 
um oh my gosh dude whenever yeah, small, i put small creeks and streams yeah whenever i brought that frontier um mm-hmm. 12 out to the devils i was like this is so awesome dude i could just throw all my I, although it has a tiny hatch a really tiny hatch yeah. up front the only thing that that's good for is wag bags yeah you know that, that's about it um every the, every the rest of the boat is completely open so i can just throw things for i can throw things aft and it's self-bailing i don't have to worry yeah. about it so i think the concept is catching yeah, you flip it over it's not taking water all in the hatches and all that good stuff you just roll yeah, it right yeah. back over and get to get back to business but you know what people do whenever they buy they buy a boat without a hatch they, they, cut, a hole. they, they cut, cut a hole they cut a hole and put a hatch yeah put yeah. a hatch in there that's one the, thing we, we with the waterproof we bag talking about on the on the you pick is maybe having some access ports that you can it with reset with uh inserts to screw into where you can mm-hmm. pull them off and help but you know mike fiorenza he he fishes tournaments with me and stuff he's a regional team member for jackson he he actually uh rigged up foot control steering on the u-pick and did a really cool job with it um for for his torquedo and it's uh definitely pretty got me thinking about it because i just run a little tiller handle on mine i'm like man i think on my new one i'm gonna have to to pick your brain on that one <laughs> well have you seen have you seen the uh there is a steering kit out there that they make that attaches to tracks. Yes, Tim Percy. Yeah, yeah, that's a great little steering kit. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, he he had started doing them where they C-line were attaching to the H like rail, and then now he's got them with the adapters for track top mount track. Yep. yep, yep, he's definitely doing those. It looks like some cabling, like almost like brake cables off a bike. Brake <laughs> cable, back yeah, to the bike. The yeah, back. they're very stiff, very stiff, yeah. rigid cables that run back to it. But, um, man, I've seen the videos, and they operate really, really well. Yeah. yeah. Great solution for things like the um, the native or the new canoe the, boats. Yeah, the new canoe and the U-Pick, anything that, that doesn't have hatch access, for sure. Yeah. You can't, you can't really get in the back. Well, you know, I've never been a part of any of these secret squirrel type endeavors and i don't think chris has either like usually Bro, nobody's gonna ask you shit because you're gonna be like uh where can i put my cappuccino maker <laughs> on the back but you know we um we usually when a company's wanting us to talk about something they're like here it is talk about it as much as you want like we mm-hmm. we've never we've never been a part of that so how how is that for you like <sighs> You have to sign. I'm guessing you had to sign a confidentiality agreement. Yeah, you had to si- sign some like, ND- NDA. What kind of stuff is in those, though? I mean, is it like I will not yeah. discuss this at all with anybody ever? Did they take your phones when you get to the <laughs> ramp? Like, what what happens? Actually, no. It was encouraged. We were encouraged to take our pictures and stuff in back in December, just because we'd have the content when it was ready to launch, but we couldn't share it with anybody. Mm-hmm. You know how hard it was to to wait five months, <laughs> <laughs> sitting on all that sitting on these pictures time. and well, sitting on stuff, and you if know, you're just like me, it would take all five months just to edit them. Yeah, it's just, just I mean, believe it or not, it was. It, you know, we were waiting on drives to come in. You know, they got to clear customs and all that. Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, we don't make the drives in the United States. The kayaks are molded and everything's done. Everything we can source from the U.S. is, but there's some things you're not getting. <laughs> You're going to pay <laughs> way more. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the technology, you know, that, that that was used in that is, is great. The QC process was really great. So 
you know, it's all good. Um, but yeah, you got to sign an NDA, you know, you, you know, even, even talking to team members, it was, it was hush, hush, you know, even, I mean, between the guys that were on the, the, the development team, you know, we, we, you know, we discussed a lot of stuff, but, uh, you know, just the general chatter on our team pages and stuff like that was like the boat that shall not be named. <laughs> you know, how, how bad, how bad would that be? You're down there at lower Laguna. You guys are fishing the flats, uh, yeah. and you hook into like a 32 inch gator trout that you can't even post pictures of because <laughs> you're in a boat that hasn't even put. You don't. Put out you there. don't have the background blurred. You have everything. no. You have the, you yeah, have the bottom the kayak, blurred of the, the kayak, kayak blurred and everything. No doubt. Yeah, that would have been great if we had got on some trout like that. Uh, uh, yeah, it was. It was, it was a, that weather was just a. Whew. Fun, but it definitely made some proving grounds for that kayak. So yeah, we were excited to deal with some of that, some of that stuff. You know, we had a pretty strong front come through. Uh, I don't know if you see some of the, the promo pictures that are coming out with the the angry golf in the background. Jameson has some pretty cool shots from uh, from the guys from uh, Helconia down on the on the trip uh, to shot the show. Uh, hopefully, those those should be coming out here pretty soon. We should have to be able to see it in action for real but yeah we've had some good stuff with uh some of the some of our customers have put some good walkthrough videos together some of our team guys matt ball and a couple of them other guys have put some stuff out i've got some testing with a torquedo 1103 already on it getting almost seven miles an hour Damn. Uh, still got to trim a little i gotta i put my adapter i put a little uh, riser plate on the underneath the the the, the, the torpedo bracket just to raise it up out of the water a little bit because you know what that's almost a that's a little over three horsepower equivalent so it does kind of kick the ass in down a little bit so you uh, the the mounting bracket kind of drags a little so i got that adjusted and trimmed the the motor back a little bit so it will keep that hole down just the hair help out so it was it was getting almost six eight Six eight, little six eight. I saw six eight, six nine on occasion. Yeah, and it cuts through the water tremendously compared to the big rig. Only I mean, kayak it just cuts cuts through it. The only kayak I ever had that would go seven miles an hour was my adventure. You could book it was, on that adventure, and that's because it was twenty eight inches wide. And, oh yeah, and, and yeah. sixteen foot long. It's like 28 foot long and 28 yeah. inches wide. Hey, Drew, did you see me giggling over here just a second ago, man? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm uh, split from the yak talk for a second. <laughs> I shared that memory and I got a notification. Somebody was laughing at it and it automatically brought me to a picture where, do you remember I used to call you Mr. Magoo? <laughs> uh-huh. Mr. Magoo. <laughs> Mr. Magoo. That's got to look like him, don't he? Yep, I just need the glasses. <laughs> Where's Jonathan Gray at, man? Uh, the glasses. Oh man. Uh, yeah, that's you were you were giving me shit because I turtled that cuda, and you were like, "How do you turtle in a foot of water?" And I was like, "Hey, I remember looking over and seeing Mister Magoo take a couple rolls in the surf too, right next to me." Dude, we both rolled in the surf in the same oh. exact time. It's easy to do. <laughs> with a rudder controlled yak and a paddle and everything else on top and the surf coming in the white water beating you down i miss it's and i've i surfed i surfed my whole life so i understand the rips and the the breaks in the sandbars and the way to read the waves and everything and i mean it's still 
kick your ass. This place was, <laughs> um, it's called Dirty Pelican, and it's on the high island side of Bolivar. And for when, like the, when you're on the beach, as soon as you enter the water, you're up to your neck. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's got like a big drop off. Kind of right big there. Yeah. first gut. Big shore break. Yeah, yeah. big, yeah. So, like, when you try to surf your kayak in, there's a break right there at the yeah. shore. Mm-hmm. And it's a big one. So we're trying to both surf our kayaks in, and then we hit that break, and it's like all of a sudden the whole kayak just, yeah, it, it, freaking telephone poles, right? Yep. And I do recall, though, nothing broke on my kayak. Um, Drew, how many things got broken on that bike in the years? <laughs> I think I only broke one rod. Just one. Just one. Braille blazer got blasted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> got my, blazed. Uh, my, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my camera boom broke. That did break. That that broke off. But I'm surprised nothing on yours broke with that Walmart spinning reel you posted in that picture. <laughs> that what strip. Shakespeare. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. That stern, pin, stern Walmart Pinnacle. spinning special. It was, yeah, it was on a Shakespeare. It, it Shakespeare. Was a, uh, wait, no, it wasn't Shakespeare. It was white it was, and blue. I think it was. Uh, man, back then they had. It was. I bought it at Sears, bro. Oh, Sears and Roebuck. Yep. That's how old you are. You that were buying that. fishing equipment at Sears. Man, what was that company back? What was that? I, I want to say it was called like Ocean Blue or Blue Ocean or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, I bought it at Sears um, in the nineties. Bro, I used to use that thing with a with and it it's on a Shakespeare rod, um, a seven foot Shakespeare rod that I used to use at the uh, at the dike. I used to go out there and sit on the dike with a. Well, we were out there freaking cut mullet, soaking cut mullet, and you know. I didn't even no know Sears sold fishing equipment. <clears throat> they did back in the day. Jesus, we had that- a Gibsons. Gibsons in the in the eighties where I I grew up in southeast Georgia and that was like man they had the best tackle selection ever in that store. I used to always be excited while I was going in there and get up on the hog board and put your Polaroids up there with your big old bass. <laughs> get on that hog board. And then at boot camp we had a hog board but it was a different one. You got all your girlfriends to send you bikini pictures and you got to put them on the hog board dude boot camp. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You didn't call it a hog board, though, at, at boot yeah. camp. Yeah, it was. It was the you hog board. You <laughs> still call it the hog board? Yeah. You come back and you're like, baby, baby, you was on the baby, hog you board. Baby, you was on the hog board. I just, all, all the girls I knew, I always, I wrote them, send me pictures. I get, I get to, like, get out of all this stuff. <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> and all my friends. I never get, all my friends, like, my surfing skateboard friends, they, like, sent a big old box of, like, little Debbies and brownies and snacks and all that kind of stuff them damn drill instructors made me sit up there and eat like almost every one of them damn things i swear i ate like three boxes of little debbies just in front you know, of everybody drew this is yeah. probably a pretty good segue into uh asking uh dustin some of your favorite questions man uh-oh which which ones are that? Sorry, I'm on Sears.com. I'm looking at kayaks. Dude, kayak Sears doesn't do What kind of kayaks do they have yeah. at Sears? Dude, Sears has kayaks. I'm looking at them right now. Oh, they Lord. got the Go Plus single sit-on-top kayak, one person, Whoa. boat with detachable. 
Whatever it's, detachable I don't know what's detachable, detachable. but they hey, got something. Y'all remember that song back in the day, Detachable Penis? Oh, God. <laughs> you just said the word, I and I just was like, I, don't remember I, just, that one. I can't. Chris, my you remember. Ding-a-ling, my oh, ding-a-ling. my ding I want you to play with my ding We're going downhill fast. <laughs> it's real fast. It's really, flames really flames are starting fast. up already. You know, really Sears, Sears could have been Amazon, man. If they, if they would have played their shit right. They could have been Amazon of the world, but, um, man, they decided to disappear instead. But, no, some of Drew's favorite questions, man, are things like, Dustin, tell me, what is your most memorable fishing memory that you can remember in your memory? Of hmm. memories. <laughs> memory of memories. And then also, what was your first kayak? Oh, my first kayak. I can answer that one right now. That's He's like, that one's easy. All that right. was easy. That one's easy. Yeah. <sighs> I'll give you time to think about the yeah. other one while you're talking about your first fishing kayak. It was a, I want to say it was a Perception Caster 12.5. And it was bright yellow. And I was like, man, this one, your ass got wet every time. I got an upgraded seat back, so it was a little ass. higher. You got the All swamp the ass. Yeah, swamp ass. But yeah, it was it was just ugly yellow. And I was like, man, what can I do to make this thing better? So I got some flat black spray paint, and I, like, faded it on the front and the back. And I car topped back then. And all the guys at work, they were like, my buddy Cody at work, he's like, man, what you doing? Coming to work with that bruised banana on top of your car. <laughs> so everybody, that thing. Then it was called the bruised banana. I wrote on every Sharpie down the side, bruised banana. <laughs> <laughs> so how many, how many mods did you do to the bruised banana? Oh, what all, what all mods did you have on there? I had like a PVC transducer mount off the side with some kind of clamp, and uh, had the, the the rocket launcher <laughs> out the back that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, had that. Um, wasn't a whole using- lot of wasn't a whole lot of like uh, accessory leashes and stuff. So you just use like. That old white twine, like clothesline, <laughs> little it's little snap hooks on it. Yep. Whatever you can get your <laughs> whatever hands you can get use. your hands on to figure out to help it. But yeah, that that boat saw a lot of miles and saw a lot of damn good fish. Actually, you know, it didn't. You know, it's anything to get you on the water. You know, back then, you know, it was just like I just wanted to extend my range because I didn't have a boat. You know, I surfed all the time. Anyways, I was always around the water. I was like, you know what? I'm wading and catching fish, but man, what if I could get out a little further? And I remember seeing some guys in kayaks go by, and I was like, dude, I got to give me one of those. So, yeah, that was it. That's what I got to do. Well, what what about what about your most memorable fishing memory? Does a, turn it, a tournament memory, you know, pop up, or does a certain fish catch pop up, or... You know, first time out with Grandpa. About, yeah, your your earliest fishing. I had a lot too. of really good trips with my with my family, with my uncles, my dad, and my granddad back in Georgia. We'd in always Georgia? go down to Florida yeah. to fish, like Crescent Lake, Robbins Reservoir, Orange Lake. We always like spank the spank the crappie and just kill them. And then I was always on the front of the boat throwing worm, you know, dragging a big ten inch worm, trying to catch some bass and stuff. But we had this. uh some neighborhood ponds that I could get to on my bicycle, you know, I was 13 years old, 12, 13 years old. And I'll never forget, you know, there were some wild shiners in that pond. That pond was probably about 
about 65, 70 acres, pretty good sized pond. And I, you know, big fish on the bed. I was like, man, I'm gonna catch me a shiner. I'm gonna come over here. I'm gonna catch that big old joker. And I went over there and caught that big girl on it. Had like an eight and a half inch shiner. She ate that thing sideways. I remember seeing it, seeing it happen and everything. That fish was over 13 pounds. On a shiner. On a shiner. Yeah, I cheated and threw the bait. <laughs> shiner and a crappie hook. <laughs> no, I had a I had a pretty decent hook on there. But treble hook. Yeah. Yeah. Anchored a shiner on the bed and got her to eat it. Is that yeah. your largest bass? That's my biggest bass to date. Yeah, that that right there is like for a lot of dudes. I mean that's that's what like they people that write television shows and cartoons and things like that that's what episodes are made out of you know the guy yeah. in this bass memory of his largest bass it always comes up man um yeah. and so i don't have anything like that you know i we used to our our saving grace for fishing was silver dollar panfish we'd catch yeah. 75 80 of them and then fry them up whole <laughs> fry them up whole eat the crispy tails and everything yes sir so we had many a days like that too just catching i mean but they'd be hand-sized bluegill the copperhead they get like the copper looking on the little stripes on their head some hybrid bluegill over there and the big red breasts we get those long-eared sunfish and shell cracker over there too and just go get a mess of them and just fry them on up got a, got a lot of memories like that you know like i said with my 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 uncles and my dad and everybody else very fortunate to I be involved think, in a family that love the outdoors as much as I do. You know, I still think my helped. record bass is like a pound and a half, maybe. Oh wow! Really? That's yeah, right. it, <laughs> dude. It's horrible, man. Dude, we, we gotta get, we need you, to get you on them. that. Yeah, and that was probably like Lake Fayetteville, and I was fishing with water dogs. You know, <laughs> and that was my biggest bass fishing with water dogs on Lake Fayetteville. I love Fayette. That's a fun lake, but she she gets you lunch money sometimes though. Yeah, I know you love love it hate. Whenever I've talked to you about going fishing, you're like, we're gonna have to go to Fayette one day. We're gonna have mm. to go to Fayette. You want to go out there? You gonna have be you able to there, make Drew? it up? No, I haven't. It's a good uh, lake. It really are you gonna is. make it and up I have to Conroe? Than that out there, but oh, the Conroe, the South. I'm bummed. I, I couldn't make the Sabine event. Yeah, and I was very. It's kind of, you know, I'm partial to tidal fisheries. That's what I grew up fishing mm-hmm. in Southeast Georgia, the Altamaha system, which is a tidal bass fishery. Um, and that's why I, I, I know the Sabine pretty well. I was pretty excited about going over there and, and trying to whack them because I, I had some pretty good pre-fish days over there, and I definitely would have been in the in a couple of the top spots if I could have repeated mm-hmm. what I found pre-fishing. But it was my son's birthday. He moved back down um to victoria with us so uh you know we just stayed hung around did some barbecue and kind of stuff how, how old is me your son oh my son 25 oh psh. Hey, go fish i'd have him. put i'd have put him on the <laughs> kayak and said come on boy daddy's got to make some money here i mean because yeah. i mean and, and this is no disrespect to the field or anything yeah. this is just talking about how tough of a day was it wasn't very much that won that thing I mean, it didn't take but a couple good fish to yeah. to win that tournament. The, yeah, James the, Penny won with like eighty four and a quarter, and then yeah, the closest Lynx, was like seventy two. No, yeah, and then the third, were, fourth, damn. and fifth were all tied at like sixty nine. And yeah. I was and I was getting low eighties pre fishing. So I think they're yeah. talking inches. I don't think they're talking pounds. Yeah, they're talking inches. Yeah, we're talking on inches. We're not, we're not talking, talking pounds. Green fish. Yep. Are you going to be able to make <laughs> it up to Conroe on the twenty fifth? Oh, that's the same day as the Saltwater Survival Series trout event. <laughs> 
Oh yeah. Well, and I, I like, cannot Chris catch Morales by accident. So uh, we gotta do something about that because that's that's I'm a trout guy. So yeah. <laughs> you you do you do well under the causeway, Drew. For trout at night, this is not a night tournament for for saltwater <laughs> survival series. Like I'm screwed. I, I don't even. I'm I'm gonna go chase green fish on Conroe. Somebody for, asked for that me weekend. This weekend, uh, whenever I was at the Godfish Expo, they're like, "Hey, you like fishing this uh, saltwater survival series?" And I'm like, "Look, man, it's called the saltwater survival series for a reason. Because you got to survive being able to catch both trout and flounder." I can't catch either one of those. So I've already failed. <laughs> I've not survived. <laughs> I'll fish the flounder event. I'm just, I only catch trout by accident, like trolling on the way back to the ramp. I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't ever really target trout. I don't know anything about trout. So I don't ever fish it. But GRS is coming up. Uh, June eleventh. I'm yeah. super excited about that. Man, one, we Chris. need to get some of you guys from the coastal bend to come and yeah. And I'm join on night shifts. I was going to fish it with Mike, but he's fishing it with Terrell uh, McGuire. Yeah. So yeah, it just didn't work out for me. And hopefully they're oh, going to allow motors Shout next out year. Rail. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, motors next year, Hunter. Maybe. <laughs> Look, I tried to get motors this year. Look, so. the the biggest, the best, the best change that we actually. Um, implemented in in this grs is actually getting kayakers paid and true that was, yeah. <laughs> that's a big that was, deal that, was that a big shouldn't deal. be a big deal but that's a big deal for the houston kayak scene is just getting people yeah. paid yeah and and i won't say change, no names i know what y'all changing about. the changing everybody of knows the guard. what we're talking about we ain't got to say no names <laughs> exactly <laughs> the changing of the guard to hunter mark and and rance has yeah. not only made it, you know, amazing for the boat side, dude. Such good anglers have have started fishing this event again on the boat side, and I love seeing those guys at all these events. But it's brought a lot of good kayakers out too, back into the GRS um, fishing that event. Hold up! Oh, he's got his GRS hat on, guys. There you go. Yeah, there we go. It's, he's got it on crooked, but he's got it on. Still got the tag on um, and everything, but <laughs> um, there was there was a rule, and I think it was from the previous GRS, where kayaks and kayaks had to launch at the same time that boats launched. Oh my gosh, dude! No, I rem- yeah, and I remember um, whenever I fished it on the boat side last year, or maybe it was 2019. Anyway, I fished it on the boat side, and watching kayakers and boats launch at the same time was just horrible yes. it was freaking horrible all these kayaks are getting swamped you know they're having i'm like y'all should just wait just wait until all these dudes because they'll be gone in in a minute or two yeah just yep. wait um and i was talking to hunter and i said no nah, dude you got to change that bro you gotta yep. you've got to let these kayaks launch whenever they feel it's safe for them to be out on the water. And if mm-hmm. they feel comfortable with leaving at 4 a.m., let them leave at 4 a.m. Because it, it, sometimes it takes us, shit, Tilly and I, we've got a couple spots. Hour, it takes us almost half. two hours to yep. get to. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think for the Tournament of Champions at the end, he's going to let let kayakers leave before the boats? I don't know why not. Is it going to be a launch from one location, like a shotgun start? Nah. No, it's going to be no. a launch from everywhere. But be I a roadrunner, yeah. I, I can see the boat guys going like, man, they they were they 
get to be out in the spot before we can even, you know, crank the motors. That's not fair. You'll be there. You'll be there before you know it, man. Look. Yeah. The guys, the Look, guys in they, boats. But, but if they get beat by some kayakers, you best believe that's going to be some of the crap that's going to be oh, talks sure because be. they got hundred thousand dollar rigs. But that's going to be this, that's going to be the one advantage that they can think of that they're going to throw in the face of everybody last, if they end up getting beat. This last GRS, I'm way way. You know, I I told you I freaking fished miles upon miles away from any type of launch. And I'm, I'm coming down this bayou, coming back, and this Mayak just comes flying through, and he just about shits himself. He's like, what the hell are you doing back here? Mm-hmm. And I was like, fishing, fool. Mm-hmm. Stay on plane, man. Don't <laughs> stop stay for up. us. Stay on plane. I always tell him, yeah, stay on plane. You don't bother me. And everybody, you see some conversations on social media, you're like, they came by going so fast. And I said, yeah. And they said, if they would have laid down about 20 yards from you, they'd have swamped your ass. So mm-hmm. what are you talking about? <laughs> let them let them go by. But, um, yeah, if if you're fishing, um, all right, I'm going to lay it down. If you're fishing Matagorda, right, and you're going to go out to, like, um, Big Boggy, okay, mm-hmm. and um, there's boats that are going to go to Big Boggy, too. Um, by the time, if you launched at 4 a.m., you got to Big Boggy, and you're setting up, getting ready to fish. If those boaters are allowed to leave at 6 a.m., they're going to be five minutes behind you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. about the only difference. They're going to be about yep. five minutes behind you. Yep. And it's only areas like that that you're going to have both kayaks and boats competing for space mm-hmm. um you're not gonna most kayakers that that honestly pull in some numbers we're not fishing around a lot of boats because we're fishing in areas that are low boat out traffic. of reach yeah low boat traffic man yep. yeah nobody can get in and through there well i Dustin, got quite man, a few of those too around my area that i like to frequent <laughs> get in there Sorry. yeah well, man, we've been we've been at this for like an hour and fifteen minutes here. It's about about time to start wrapping this up. Oh yeah! But I wanted to give you an opportunity. You know, go ahead and talk about the companies that you work with. Tell us a little about about your own podcast. Um, oh, just just it. everything going on with you, man. This is you got the floor for about five ten minutes. About ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I got my hand in a lot of pots, man. Uh, yeah, Chasing the Tide is a saltwater segment on the Paddle Fin Podcast Network. Uh, it, it, anybody that's familiar with uh, Kayak Fishing Podcast, I mean, I've hoped the listeners from uh, Paddler's Playbook, hope you all have heard of Paddle Fin. Uh, you know, we all try to build each other up. You know, it's good to have different shows, uh, different segments. We got, you know, some hunting stuff. We got uh, bass fishing for noobs. We got, I mean, you name it. We got a show. We got gear review. We got tournament updates. Yeah, Drew needs to go ahead. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, and I'm I'm the saltwater uh, kayak uh, show on the Palin Fin Network. Um, yeah, man, just busy. uh, Trying to put some content out there that's decent. You know, I like taking pictures. Like taking pictures of fish. (laughs) Um, you know, just just sharing knowledge with people. If if I can help one person from what I write, you know, I do some stuff for saltwater angler, done some stuff for kayak angler here and there, a couple other publications. 
Um, you know, if I can share info and just help one person, it makes it worth it, you know. So, Absolutely. yeah, just uh, work with some great companies along the, you know, along the way. You know, hard to think, you know, fishing out these plastic boats, uh, you know, has is, is led me to meet you guys and a lot of other friends in the industry and just become a part of this this family kayak fishing family is what it is um you know i work with some great companies jackson kayak you know thank them for for bringing me on you know this be my fifth year with them moving on up in the ranks you know taking over as a team lead uh on their factory team which is an honor to be you know part of that with some of the other anglers i'm i'm up there with you know uh, and involved with that boat build, you know, never in a million years would I thought starting out in that old bruised banana <laughs> did I be uh, uh, helping uh, input design on a on a new kayak uh, by Jackson. You know, that's what pretty, some guys just dream about being able to do, like being pretty able stoked, to just have man. a little bit of input. Yep, pretty stoked. Be very fortunate to work with Torquito and Jeff Little, um, Steve Turkla. The, you know, the, just some some a great company to to be involved with. Uh, you know, and in our local company here, I got Rod Bill, J Jimmy Burns uh, with Waterloo, you know, some great stuff, uh, puts out great rods. Uh, Grandy Bass, a local Texas company, I, I cashed some checks with their freshwater baits and kind of helped them, you know, transition over to saltwater side. Got some good stuff coming out with them. Uh, you know, Three Bells Outfitters. I never in a million years thought I'd be part of a, a, a kayak outfitter that, that's in Connecticut being in texas but they opened up their national pro staff uh application process last year i put in for it and got it so you know working with three bills has been great i'm heading up there in july road trip to connecticut to fish their trifecta <laughs> it's a three fish event a striper a fluke and a bluefish so that's gonna be gentlemen, it's going to be pretty interesting this man has an endless stack of kitchen passes obviously yeah, I don't, know, I don't know how I got that. <laughs> yeah, uh, so where can Texas people Rattler, find you on social media? Dude? All that good stuff. Oh yeah, there's my name right there. Uh, Instagram, Dustin Nichols VTX, Victoria, Texas. Yeah, D U S T I N L C H O S. Nichols or Nichols? Nichols with like not like the it's like the money, but it's spelled N I C H O L S. D U S T I N N I C H O L S V T X. Are you more of an Instagrammer or more of a Facebooker? I'm both because it, you know, it posts to both pretty much. If Are you, you using Instagram it, to to get things over to Facebook? Over to Facebook to a lot, Facebook? yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of stories. Do some reels here and there. Um, you know, we do have a page for chasing the tide. Follow that, Pat and Finn. Appreciate you letting us. Uh, Shout us out on on, on y'all's uh, platform. We too. don't have any affiliations with any any uh, podcast groups, so we feel free to allow people to shout e out equal their uh, network. Exactly, podcaster. we are equal opportunity podcasters, podcasters. and kayak <laughs> talkabouters and everything else, man. Yes, sir. Equal opportunity. Well, guys, we're gonna get out of here. We got to go uh, start getting our edge boxes ready for GRS. Chris, are you are oh, you already getting? Those ready? are great. By the way, you like yeah. those, dude. They are freaking. Oh yeah, sweet. I've been running those since they came out, man. They're yeah. nice. Yep. yep. They're yep. they're starting to now that inventory is really starting to pick up and we can get them out in front of people. Yeah, it's starting to catch on, dude. People are like, "Whoa, I had no idea." Yeah, their jig box is a great chatterbait box. Uh, their terminal mm -hmm. tackle box is wonderful oh, for the bass fishing guys. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yep. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Yep. 
Everybody go right. get them catch boards slimed up. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. We'll see you later. See, see you, sir. See y'all. Peace. Peace.